Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Marcy, let's go now. Let's have a day. Let's go. Dominate. One play at a time, man. Tight end Evan Ingram mic'd up week two against the Colts. A perfect person to be mic'd up in that game, playing a key role on this offense. Welcome into Jaguars Drive Time on a Wednesday. Ashlyn, Brian, and John here with you as we turn to a new week and get ready for week three against the Los Angeles Chargers. Big trip coming up, big opponent coming up, and it's going to be a key week for this offense especially. I have, like it's Ingr- be big. I have an Evan Ingram thought that I want to ask you about. Okay. Because you're talking well, – no, uh, and it's positive, actually. Okay. Uh, you've been – Doing this for 85 years, right? <laughs> um, wow. You've seen a lot of free agents yes. come through. Um, you know, what strikes you about this free agent class, and I'm thinking of Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram, I'm sure there's more guys. Something Evan said on Monday, which really holds true on the block we just saw, when he said he's about team. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of says they're about team, but you've had some guys through here who. They weren't really all that much about team. <laughs> yeah. um, what a uh, revelation he's been he's in great. Christian Kirk. And I think that, you know, as trite as it might sound, nobody likes to talk about teamwork. It's all about stats, it's all about whatever. But I think those two guys and others in that free agent class really define what they're all about. It's hard to really target those guys in free agency because you don't have enough time to talk to them. They did a good job bringing guys in here this year. I, I I really have enjoyed getting to know Evan Ingram a little bit. He's so measured in what he says. And it's clear that the four years in New York, where as a former first-round pick, he was heavily scrutinized, right? Mm-hmm. They expect you to come in to be Mark Bavaro, which who you probably don't, <laughs> don't recall that name. Uh, but Bavaro was the tight end on the great 80s championship teams and was just, I mean, as, as tough and dependable as they came, and, and you don't find many guys like that. He has a couple drops. New York gets down on him. I mean, he comes down here. He's happy. Mm-hmm. And I think he's happy because he just gets to be himself mm-hmm. and be part of the team, as opposed to having to be the star, the first round pick from Ole Miss guy. Um, and then I think Kirk learned a lot from, you know, he, he was not the star. He had DeAndre Hopkins, and of course Larry Fitzgerald was there, and for a time AJ Green. So he's been around a lot of great players, and he learned to fit in. And I think there's circumstances in Arizona, New York really play into who they are as people. Yeah, I think it's, it, it, it's been cool to see. It has. It's both of them kind of getting a new chance, a fresh start that seemed needed. And I've said it, Sunday you saw them going to Ingram on key third oh, downs yeah. where it was eight yards and they needed a guy that they could depend on, a big guy who could go take it away from a cornerback. Um, and he's going. that role is going to expand. Oh, yes. All right, let's get into big things. Big thing one is the message. The Jaguars are 1-1 one and one and after Monday Night Football with the Titans. The Jaguars are leading the division this week. Now, no way can anyone be cocky after winning one game, but Coach Peterson is making sure the message is clear this week. It's, it's, it's up to the team. It's up to the players, really. But, but for me, it's, it's kind of easy because the message is always going to be the same thing. It's all about us going 1-0 this week, and it doesn't really matter what we've done in the past. And... And, um, you know, it's a short-term memory. 
uh, each week. It's a new set of challenges, and so you know it's my job to make sure that the guys stay focused that way and and uh, never lose sight of that because you know that's when that's when you get beat when you start kind of you know feeling full of yourself just a little bit after something like this on Sunday or you know you have success a couple weeks in a row and and um, you you want to build on the momentum of course but at the same time you got to stay humble and grounded and continue to you know improve at what you're doing. Big thing too is the trip big game this weekend as the Jaguars will travel to LA to face the Chargers considered a playoff favorite this season this is a whole week process to get ready to play a game on the west coast and tight end Evan Ingram is getting ready for that early. The biggest thing is really just taking care of your body um, and that, that having a west coast trip like that you got to get on it now um, and really um, be consistent with it at the beginning of the week um, even we're going to have a couple hard practices so we got everybody's got to take care of their bodies, be accountable with that stuff, um, and just stay focused. Uh, there's going to be a long flight, time change, all that stuff. Um, just staying focused, staying locked in on our, our mission and our goals. Um, and then when, when kickoff happens on Sunday, it's just, it's just football, and we're, we're ready for it. And big thing three is the Chargers, Justin Herbert, and a multitude of offensive weapons on this Chargers team. And, of course, Joey Bose on the defensive line have made Los Angeles a tough team to beat this season. It's especially a big challenge for the secondary and safety, Andre Sisco. Big week for the secondary. Um, you got a lot of weapons on the outside and a quarterback that can make all the throws. So uh, it's that simple. You, I mean, you come across that every week in the league, but uh, this week especially. There you have it. Those are big things. I go back up to big thing one. And and I didn't think Doug Peterson had to say the message this week, but it is rather interesting. All of a sudden, you've now all these national media outlets suddenly talking about the Jaguars and what a big win it was on Sunday. First place, baby. Yeah. In no way, though, are the Jaguars going in cocky to Los Angeles, but it is something to know. There's no reason to go there that way. We still have a lot to improve on. You know, it's interesting. We talk about a team, John, getting better, right? We talk about, you know, the offensive line blocking better or the quarterback making better reads or the defensive backs with better coverage. But part of getting better means being focused, understanding the circumstances you're in. There's a, a mental or a maturity perspective on this one that it, it's it, it's so hard to describe that it's just easier to talk about, you know, Cam Robinson playing better or, or Trevor Lawrence playing better. But this team has to grow up in order to go do what they want to do. So, you know, here's a little bit of perspective for them. You know, the Jaguars have lost 18 straight road games, as I know people know. But the last time they won back-to-back games, right, was October 20th and October 27th of 2019. Whoa. So it's been almost three years since they've won consecutive games. And I know that the people who are watching and listening here, yeah, no kidding, it's been that long, right? So this team has to to dial in. And I think it'll be easy to dial in because, John, of all the factors, it's a long trip. The team hasn't won out there very often. It's a great team that they're going to play if Justin Herbert is under center. Well, they've never won in San Diego, or San Diego, Los Angeles. And if you go through the list— and They've only ever won in Oakland out west. Yeah, and, and it's uh, they've been atrocious against the Chargers. This is a really good Chargers team. If we're going up to big thing three, um, boy, these guys are good. Uh, I write for later in the week that— they got better from week one to week two. They're going to have to get that much better from week two to week three to have a chance against this team because this mm-hmm. team's loaded. Uh, Kansas City will fall into this category when we talk about them, but this may be the most talented team the Jaguars play all year. Allen and Williams are just they're, – they're big receivers with great length, right? Uh, they run well. If you're not – you can't make a silly mistake – 
in the middle of the field with coverage and expect to get away with it against these guys. Right. Because Herbert has – everyone gives Patrick Mahomes this. I think Herbert has the, the, the best deep ball, the biggest arm in the NFL because he launches that thing, and he is fearless and accurate, uncanny accuracy. He puts the ball right on the spot. So I, I, I think if you're going to win this game, you're going to score a lot of points, John. Not think, 23, which is what this team no. is averaging. You're going to have to score 35 or 38 points to be mm-hmm. able to beat this team. I think it scares you about Herbert and, and this offense. The first two offenses, you felt like if you gave them something, they would take it. This offense, you don't have to give them anything. No. Mm-hmm. You can play very well against this offense, and, and they still. can score uh, 28 points on yeah. you. If you play poorly, you're done. Yeah, and the turnover battle is going to be huge this week as well. Right, and we'll find out, you know, exactly where Justin Herbert is. I mean, they'll they'll get back on the field today. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't imagine that we're going to know much about him until Friday, yeah. Saturday, yeah. even. You know, because I I wouldn't expect he's going to get a lot of reps this week. It's I would think none. I would, yeah, <laughs> and 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 that's that's going to determine obviously, you know, his pain threshold and how many reps he gets. But mm-hmm. I mean, he is. We forget about him because he's all the way out there, you know. And we, we talk about Mahomes and all the great quarterbacks right. in this game, and we forget about him. Well, he's a top five guy, one hundred percent. When he's on, he's the best. I mean, like it, it, I'm saying, Josh Allen, when he's on, he's the best. Patrick Mahomes, yeah. but he's in that conversation oh, yeah. of guys in that who, category for sure. he's that again, good. you can't if they're on and you make a mistake, you're not going to win. 100%. Mm-hmm. A guy that knows Justin Herbert and the Chargers very well is Matt Money-Smith, who is the Chargers play-by-play and NFL Network analyst. He's joining us next on Jaguars Drive Time. For nine years, DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all available inventory. We are back, Jaguars drive time on a Wednesday, getting ready for a big West Coast trip to the Los Angeles Chargers this Sunday. And Matt Smith with the Chargers joins us now on Jaguars drive time, also on NFL Network, waking up bright and early with us in Los Angeles. Thank you for that, Matt. Absolutely, Ashley. Uh, what's happening? I appreciate you having me. Looking forward to this one coming up on Sunday. For sure. And we just talked for about 10 minutes all about Justin Herbert and the latest on this injury. Is he going to play? We all guessed he would. But what's the latest in Los Angeles with the quarterback? Yeah, I'll tell you, they're, they're really not saying a lot, as you would expect, right? You know, the, uh, the injury reports are specifically sort of nebulous. And, and I pardon me, I'm driving uh, up the FanDuel TV right now and 405 freeway where it's always just kind of a free-for-all and you have to keep your head on the swivel <laughs> so my apologies for the horn in the background um yeah he's gonna play i think kind of the way it's been described to, to us is that it's a pain injury it's not a debilitate i mean certainly it's debilitating but it's something you can play through it's just managing the pain that that you know everyone we talk to seems to think is going to stick around for a little while um but look i think we saw with that that throw after he couldn't run for a first down for two yards because he was in so much pain in the very next snap, he throws 39 yard dot, um, you know, that Herbert's probably capable of playing through it. He's not going to be a hundred percent, but you know, by week three, how many players in the NFL are at a hundred percent? Hey Matt, good morning. You know, I watched that Thursday night game and, and you see the AFC West and obviously Kansas city has been on top out there. Um, you, you guys seem so close to getting over that hump. What's the difference between Kansas City and San Diego? Sorry, I'm I'm going to say that. I, I still do. I shouldn't. Uh, between the Chargers and the Chiefs. 
Well, you know, in that game, I think there's – look, I, I know this is going to sound a little sour gravy and, you know, bias coming through, but the Chargers were the better team. I mean, they are a better team the whole game. Um, you know, it's a 14-point swing on that pick six because Gerald Everett just couldn't quite summon the energy, you know, for five more seconds, or the coaching staff just could not let this team slow down and, and huddle up. You know, Herbert just loved that mismatch he had with a small corner on Everett and wanted to get right back on it, and it turns into a pick six. But, you know, the offensive line of, of the Chiefs was letting them down that whole game. Uh, the Chargers' pass rush was affecting Patrick Mahomes. He threw four interception-worthy balls. I personally thought he threw two interceptions. I think you go back and you watch the film, and it's a ridiculous call on Bryce Callahan that would have been an interception by Nas Adderley. They score a touchdown on that play, and, you know, it was called an interception on the field, and it certainly looked like Asante got his hand underneath that ball to keep it an interception or at least prevent it from being overturned, and it wasn't. So I'm not saying they should have won the game. The Chiefs made the play to win the game. What I'm saying is you come out of that, feeling like the Chargers were the better team. Now, you make a great point, which is this happened a lot last year where they would get to a certain point and then seemingly could not get over the hump. Um, the defense is a lot better this year, and it was the defense that was letting them down last year. When it came to getting over that hump, you just see teams run all over them in the fourth quarter, convert third downs, able to run out the clock and get a victory or score the final two or three points they needed to get to get that win. And I think you're going to see a shift in that just because the defense is playing so much better, particularly against the run, to get these pass rushers into third and long and obviously passing situations. Is there a feeling, Matt, um, I talked to Jeff Miller with the LA Times the other day, and he mentioned this feeling that the Chargers sometimes have of what's going to happen this time to make it go wrong. And they've you know sort of been snake bit sometimes. Is that feeling going away? Do they have to earn it going away? And I guess what's the key to making it going away? Yeah, you know, that was certainly something that, that you felt when they first moved here, when I first got, you know, I moved, I, I got with the team when they moved here. So there was definitely that. And I think a lot of that was a product of, you know, and I hate to say it because I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but of Phillip Rivers. And, and I think Phillip, you know, when he felt like, there wasn't enough around him, and, and regularly there wasn't, that he would just end up doing a little bit too much or trying to do a little bit too much, and that would lead to that back-breaking turnover late in the game. Now, I would always sort of, you know, kind of couch that by saying, look, if he doesn't play the way he plays the entire game, they're not even in that position. Um, but because he has to play that way, that's when things would unravel. I don't quite feel that with this group. Um, and I think there's two people, you know, that, that sort of have managed to push that aside, and it's Derwin James and Justin Herbert. You know, Derwin is such an incredible leader, um, just a positive force, really just a tour de force um, for this team uh, of energy, of belief, uh, of want to. And, and I think when you look at the sideline, when you're on defense and you see number 10 standing there, you just assume anything is possible and any deficit. And I think they did that last year. Yes, for the, the losing three out of their final four games, um, you still think about those fourth-quarter comebacks or the way he played against the Browns, the way he played against the Steelers. You know, all those games were Herbert Magic. You know, in the fourth quarter against the Raiders when the season seemingly was lost and yet they get to the final three seconds of overtime of going to the playoffs. So I think those two players have changed that sort of mindset um but until they do it you know i think that that question is certainly worthy of being asked 
And Matt, you also cover football on a national level. And, and frankly, we're not used to the Jaguars being talked about on a national level. And then all of a sudden, I'm seeing that this week, which is kind of crazy because it's only one win over the Colts. But what is your mindset of this Jaguars team coming into Los Angeles? Yeah, it's funny you say that because um, I'm actually driving. I'm going to do Kay's show right now. I do it every week um, for power rankings with her on Up and Adams. And we were talking about, okay, what are the teams we talk about? Well, let's make sure we hit the Cowboys with Cooper Rush. Do we not believe in All right, the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo. And then the Jaguars came up. And, you know, we kind of had this little mini conversation of, well, you know, we only have 12 minutes for this segment. Do we want to hit the Packers? Do we want to hit the Bills? Do You know, and it's like, ah, the Jags, they deserve some love. Like, this is an interesting team. They, You know, they've had all these first-round picks that have not come to fruition, that have gone bust, and now it looks like they're hitting them. Trevor Lawrence, and obviously with, with Josh Allen, and now being able to be teamed up with Trayvon Walker, like, that is a formidable front. Uh, I'm on the West Coast. I call college football games still a little bit when I have windows to do so. I'll be calling the Utah-USD games for Devin Lloyd, someone I'm completely familiar with. Like, that's a good, young, athletic, nightmarish front that you've got to contend with. Um, I think it starts there. I think Trevor Lawrence, you know, because we had heard so much about him being a generational talent, and, and I totally believe that's still a, a very real possibility with his size and athleticism and you know, ability to play that position, what he showed at Clemson and how many games they won. Um, so I I think there is more of a national attention put on them just because of the way they beat the Colts. So many people had pegged the Colts as a top 10 team, uh, as sort of the, the team to come out of the AFC South and to see them manhandled uh, that way. Yeah, they had some injuries on the offensive line, but I, I think we've seen, you know, those. And look, it, it wasn't. I don't want to say it, it – look, it definitely wasn't the consensus pick. There are a lot of people wondering if that production of Aiden Hutchinson was being overlooked for the potential of Trayvon Walker. And now I think you're starting to see why. This guy could end up being a real problem with that length, strength, and athleticism. And look, for the Chargers, they lost their right tackle halfway through that game, uh, and that's when you started to see it get leaky on that side when Storm came in to replace Trey Pickens. They lost their starting center and all-pro and Corey Lindsley for the second half of that game. So – that's going to be a problem, you know, I think. And, and if you can do it, if you can affect Herbert, then certainly it's going to be even more of a national conversation of, hey, a lot of people are talking about the Jags plus 750 going into the season mm-hmm. as, as potential winners of the, the AFC South. And those people are being pretty, pretty good about their wallets right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Matt Smith, thank you so much for joining us on Jaguars Drive Time. We will see you in Los Angeles on Sunday. All right, Ashton, Brian, John, I appreciate it. Enjoy your trip out. Thanks, Matt. Thank you very much. Coming up on Jaguars Drive Time, we have some this or that on the Jaguars Digital Network. Price.com is the easiest way to save money with comparison shopping, cashback coupons, all in one. It's free. Try Price.com today. This or that. This or that. It's time for This or That on a Wednesday comparing and contrasting. And Brian Sexton, you are up first. Well, I'll go with um, there's a lot of science to traveling, especially when you go to someplace like Denver where there's altitude, John. Um, I remember in 2019, Tommy Myslinski, who at the time was the strength and performance coach, found uh, a humidifier about the size of a cell phone and um, put one in each player's room mm-hmm. because they found that guys were dehydrated when you go from sea level to altitude. 
And they felt like it worked because the guys felt fresh the next day. And the Jaguars, of course, won, if you recall, on the, J the late Josh Lambeau field goal. So you're going west. Do you, do you dive down the rabbit hole of science or do you just practice, travel, and play? Because, you know, listening to the coach talk the other day, it seemed like they were just going to keep it simple. Try to stay on East Coast time, which we talked about on Monday, and show up and play. Well, I think he'll bring the science into it. And as I was thinking about that, what would really be awful is if you had a cell phone the size of a humidifier because that wouldn't work at all. Yeah. But um, it, uh, it, <laughs> yeah, I think true. what you need to do here, I like the approach he's taking. They're going Saturday. They're going close to their normal time. Give these guys the least amount of time to think about. Don't give them an excuse for being late for the plane on Saturday. Make sure you just stay in the same, in the same routine. I like that idea. I always thought – I never minded going west early, but I, I thought it was a little bit overrated. Uh, so I think Doug is taking the approach of keep things the same, keep them into their routine, and then have the trainers and the, and the, uh, and the medical people, whoever does that, bring in the science without him emphasizing it. Well, you heard the players talking about it in the locker room on Monday or at the podium on Monday. They were talking about how you get on it early. Right. And I think – I think there's a balance because I, I have heard that Doug Peterson is implementing this rule where they go to bed earlier this trip to kind of make it equivalent to the time they would go to bed on the East Coast. So I, I do think he has a science approach to it, right. but he's not going to harp on it. He's not going to be Mr. Science at the podium and talk all about it. But well, the there science is a doesn't win the here. game. Yeah, it doesn't win the game. Showing up ready to go wins the game, but getting yourself there in the best physical condition to be able to execute the game plan. Well, that's a worthy conversation. Yeah, and frankly, what they've been doing hasn't worked on the West Coast, going out early, doing all these things to get an edge, you could say. Um, but I love what Coach Peterson said on Monday. You have to bring a good team out there. That's it. That's yeah, it. the reason what they, they haven't, haven't had players. It has been working on the West Coast because they've been playing on the West Coast like they played on the East Coast, <laughs> which is poor. I mean, when you don't have a good team, yeah. you're going to go West and get beat. If you go to bed uh, early, it doesn't make well, a difference. Well, guess what? They lost out here. Without traveling west, right. ugly. So, I mean, it, all of that, you know. It's all about the players. When I covered the Colts, you know what they used to do? They used to go to the West Coast and win because they were good. They won at home, too. Right. This team <laughs> hasn't. When this team gets better, and I think it is, I think it'll be more competitive out here, I mean, out on the West Coast on Sunday. Well, I think one of the reasons why the science conversation comes in is because it's the third youngest team. We talked earlier about an understanding, a focus, a, a maturity, uh -huh. of how you to handle the prosperity of winning, right? So you have to make sure that this team understands that they have to take care of themselves this week and they have to do everything at home that they need to do. Go to sleep early, hydrate, all those things. Mm -hmm. I mean, you need every edge you can get you're looking week. for, And you're looking for players who are great players who understand that. Yes. John, what do you got? Well, my this or that is, uh, I'm going to read it off the screen. Here we go. What's tougher, the streak the Jaguars extended in week two, which was the home streak against the Colts, or the one they will try to break this week? Um I think less people think about this streak because it's over the course of time, but the the Jaguars have beaten the Colts eight straight times here. They've lost five times out west to the Chargers, and the numbers are ugly. The closest game was 39-29. When was that? In uh, during COVID, and that was that didn't feel like 39-29. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the closest margin. The others are 24 points, 19 points, 25 points, Yikes. and uh, 13 points. They've never, even cut, they've never cut it to double digits. That said, none of that matters because this is this year's game. But I think as you see this team improve, 
you will see that West Coast thing get less and less. Brian and I, we covered the team uh, together from 95 to, uh, to uh, 2000. Um, that, this really wasn't a thing back then. They beat the Raiders once. They played poorly a couple times out there. But it's not a thing when you're pretty good. When right. you're pretty bad and you go out there and get just whacked every time, it's going to become a thing. I remember, you know, so I think this thing will go away as the team gets better. So back in those days, uh, the Jaguars didn't play the Chargers for the first time until 2003, and you were already in Indianapolis. Uh, they didn't go to Seattle for the first time until 2001. So when they were really good, they, right, went, to, only- they went to Oakland twice. They lost in 96 when Jerry Ball returned that fumble, right. and they won in 97. So we didn't get enough of a look at it. But That's true. The Rams weren't out there yet. Right. And, 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 and they didn't play the Chargers until 2003. So it, it's tough to say. But I, I think the point is it's, it's tougher to go west and win when you're not as good a team. Right, because then all of the travel and all those excuses come into play. Oh, sure. I mean, you, with Peyton Manning, you could win anywhere. Sure. Right. So I think it's going to be tougher for them. And with Trevor and Doug, I think you're going to get to the point where you can go compete you're, anywhere. One hundred percent. And that'll be the storyline. So the mm-hmm. eighteen straight losses, which is going to be the story, and it probably there's a good chance that it'll be nineteen, and you've got that because you're going out there to play where you haven't won. I'm not picking them to win this week, right? But the 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 ideal is is that you get to that point with your coach and your quarterback and your defense that you don't even we don't even have this conversation it's just yeah. they're going to play they're going to play a good team mm-hmm. so the thing that, that that's hurting them this week is they're going to play a team that I think if everyone's on the field and healthy is just a notch below Buffalo right right I mean they're that good mm-hmm. with Khalil Mack now and Joey Bosa what we talk about Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen. These two guys have done it at a high level consistently. Mm -hmm. So this is a really good team. They're going to have to play their best football in a place where they haven't played well. Mm -hmm. On 10-10 earlier this week, we were talking about how far the Jaguars have come in just a week. And the question was posed, well, if they win this week, then we truly know how far they come. And I hesitate that because, truthfully, I don't think they're going to win this week. But if they can keep this game competitive – I think that shows how far they've come. If they can go make this a game on Sunday and it's relevant in the fourth quarter, sure. how many trips have we been on where it's halftime and you're thinking, all right, you know, pack up the plane, let's go, because it's not a game. Right. If they make this competitive, that shows how far they've come. Oh, I think it's important to point out they can win. It's not This team can get better and go win. It's just it's a really tall order for a young team to go there and beat that team. I, I just – it's a really tough. They're going to have to play like they did on Sunday, maybe even a little better. Well, they're going to need takeaways. They're yeah. going to need short fields. They're going to need their quarterback to throw, you know, 65 to 70% completion percentage. Right. You can be good, improved, and still lose. in a playoff team and lose in Los Angeles to the Chargers. Yep. Yes, you absolutely can. All right, my this or that quickly, kind of relevant to what you guys just talked about. Travel to LA or travel to London. What is more difficult? I think we all can agree it's going to be traveling to LA because this team has traveled rather successfully to London. With that said, it's a new coaching staff. It's it's new players. It's a new team, like we've talked about the past couple of weeks. But I think the Jaguars at this point have traveling to London down pat where I don't really think about it, to be honest. I don't think about the difficulty of going to that game anymore. Yeah, we don't. We don't talk about the challenges of traveling to London. We talk about it for teams who haven't been there. Right. Um, I think the history says going to the West Coast is more difficult for this team than going to London. Mm -hmm. So I'll say with that. Yeah, I think about the difficulty of traveling to London when I'm waking up at 7 o'clock. On the, I mean, I still think that's a tricky trip uh, because of the overnight part of it. Yeah. But I get your point. 
this team knows how to do it. It'll be interesting as we get closer. So many guys on this team and and the coaching staff hasn't haven't dealt with this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that'll be a little interesting. But uh, for the most part, this is a, a a trickier task for most of these guys going to LA. Yes, it is, and that is this sir that presented by Price.com. When we come back, some closing thoughts on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vicestar Credit Union. Do good, think better. See what we can do. My game ball goes to the quarterback one for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence. And guys, he looks like the, he looks like what we want. We waited a year for it. He, I don't even think, had a real sentient human being as a head coach last year. He does now. Doug Peterson has a statue, and he's got a quarterback. And the mastery of the Colts at home, guys, it's not just a Trevor Lawrence thing. Can we raise a mug this morning for Trevor Lawrence, who has two straight, Gardner Minshew, who got two straight, Cody Kessler, who nice. won 6-0, and, of course, the GOAT, Blake Bortles, who also beat the Colts at home, where the Colts cannot win in Jacksonville. But Trevor Lawrence, for the first time ever on the show, we are giving you a game ball, and I know it will not be the last time. Duval County, we hear you, we see you, we fit you in. Soon we'll be starting the show with you if you keep it up. There you have it. The Jaguars got two whole minutes of good morning football like we just talked about with Matt Smith from the Chargers. Starting to have to talk about him, maybe just a little bit, but hey, it's progress, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not into the national media, the way, but but I know the fans love that, so it's it's cool to see because I know that makes people happy. But these guys don't care. No. They don't care. I mean, they, they, they want respect from the other teams, right? Um, and occasionally, I guess on social media, they care a little bit about that. But it, Doug talked at the, off the top about keeping these guys focused on the next thing, which mm-hmm. is the Chargers and not whoever that was. Yes. Kyle Brandt, you should know this. I said that specifically for you. Just Sean. to make me angry. Yes, I did. He does it on purpose. And that is Jaguars Drive Time on a Wednesday morning. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 930. Stay with us on Jaguars.com.